I've worked with hundreds of women entrepreneurs to help them market their businesses. Behind their businesses, they all have stories to tell. Whether it's battling mommy guilt, starting a business after being fired from a six-figure job, or realizing they needed to pivot and forge an uncharted path, they've all experienced something on their journey to success. I'm one of these women too, and I'm here to share our stories on Bright Girls in Business. Hello, everybody. This is Chanel Yarber of the Bright Girls in Business show, and we are back for another Wednesday. This time is flying, y'all. I'm looking up, and it's already March 1st. I'm like, how did we, how did we get here? Nobody's supposed to be here, but I'm excited um, that we have another guest today, as we always do. I love sharing my platform with other women entrepreneurs and today we have a phenomenal woman that I'm going to introduce you to. So you know that I love the engagement. I love the feedback. I have my uh, iPad here. So if you're watching, go ahead, get in the comments, start talking, asking questions, whatever you need to do to engage. This is a two-way street, a two-way conversation. And, you know, feel free to drop any gems that you pick up along the way in the comments. I love to see your feedback. So Let's get let's get into it. So today's guest is here to talk about making it work as a couple that runs a business together. And I find their story so fascinating. I had to get Miss Shalise Tobert on today. She is one half of Tobert and Tobert Attorneys at Law. And she and her husband started the firm back in 2015. They both had very successful law careers and now they are running their business together and serving the community together. Um, what I said in my comments, in my, in my caption on Facebook and Instagram, I said, she's a movement by herself. And I say this because when I read her bio, I was like, wait a minute. I like, I know Shalise, but I, apparently I don't know Shalise because she, I don't even know how this lady is sleeping. I'm getting ready to read some of her accolades to you just so you know how powerful she is. Cause I was blown away. So she was nominated as a Northwest Indiana Influential Woman in Business in 2011, 12, 14, 15, 16, and 17. She was also selected by the Indiana Super Lawyers as a rising star in 2013, 2014, and 2015. And she's been selected as a super lawyer since 2019. Shalise was appointed to the Indiana State Board of Law Examiners by the Indiana Supreme Court in 2014, where she currently serves as the vice president. She is a past president of the Lake County Bar Association, where she currently serves on the board of managers. And she's a past president of the James C. Kimbrough Black Bar Association. She's also an active member and current parliamentarian of the Gary Alumni Chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, and she serves on a plethora of boards and different community organizations and all that jazz. And she is also a very, very uh, staunch proponent for Black-owned businesses, which I absolutely love. So let me just introduce you to her. Welcome, Shalise. Thank you so much. I'm like, are you talking about me for real? This is you. And I cut this down. I was like, this girl, when does she sleep? 
eat? When does she eat? <laughs> you know what? I just, I just go where God directs me. I love that. I love that. And then I also want to just throw a plug in there because uh, you were in the Leadership Northwest Indiana class directly after me. So yes. I was LNI 30 and you were 31. Yes. So I'm yeah. like, good grief. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So many yeah. different accolades. But I'm, I'm excited to have you here. Um, Thank you for having me. Yes, I think you have a very unique story to tell. And so let's let's get to it. So we talked a little bit before we got on air and you were talking about going to law school and all that other good stuff. And I remember um, when we first met, you were working at a law firm. I think it was a was it like a corporate law firm you were working it was it was a, a mid-sized law firm for uh, Northwest Indiana, and we did a lot of uh, litigation, civil litigation, some uh, mostly insurance defense. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so what made you decide to leave this nice career that you had going, and all? I mean, you have all this these accolades already behind you, and then launch a business on your own with with Mike, who's your husband. Yes. So. Um, Michael and I had always talked about having our own law firm. Um, so even when we were younger, and I've, I've known Michael since I was 12 years old, we met in the seventh grade. So um, as we discovered and, and remained friends and discovered that, you know, each of us wanted to be a lawyer, we were like, you know, we, we want to have something in the town that raised us, the community that raised us. So the, having our business in Gary, Indiana was always a dream of ours. Um, I think that, you know, obviously we are people of faith and God kind of directed our paths, I guess, to give us the experience that we needed before opening our own, you know, our timing is never God's timing. So, um, so we knew that was going to happen and people are always asking that type of question. Like you left, you know, a job where you were a partner and, you know, you didn't have to worry about these kind of things to open up a firm in Gary, Indiana of all places, but Gary is, is in our hearts and, and, you know, we want to help the city flourish. So first of all, you do that by investing in the city. And that's what Tobin and Tobert is, an investment in the city of Gary. I love that. I love that. One of the things, and your husband, Mike, was in my L&I class and we became fast friends. We were the only two black people in the class. And so it was like, <laughs> all right, this is my buddy. And we yeah. just kind of like linked arms and we've been locked in ever since. But one of the things that I've always admired about you too is that you've always been on purpose. Like the things that you do have been very purposeful um, and very, like you said, y'all love Gary, very community minded, um, very community oriented and really put your money where your mouth is. And I was watching your podcast. Um, what's the, tell me the name of your podcast because I can't, I'm probably going to blub it up. What is it? It is, it's married people's business. Okay. So I was watching married people's business. Get, look, I was getting in married people's business though, <laughs> yesterday. And you, you all were talking about, um, I guess the support or lack of support for black owned businesses. And yeah. so in a city like Gary, you and I are very familiar. Um, you know, I'm from Northwest Indiana, grew up in the area what has been the level of, I guess, support or, um, 
I guess that's the word I want to say, the level of support that you found in the community, um, in a community like Gary. Well, I'll say this, you know, the, the community is always welcoming. You know, we grew up here. It's, we're not strangers. So, you know, but I think it's the awareness that comes along with what we really need to work on, um, making people aware of the types of services. And when we planned to have our firm, we literally did a business plan. We did the research to say, okay, what's lacking? Because the type of law that we both practice isn't the typical law firm or law office that you found in Gary. And so we were able to fill that gap, fill that niche. And so to make people aware of what we do is, is one of, I think, the hardest things for them to understand. You don't have to go south of Gary to get these services. So we're, it's, it's slowly but surely happening. And, and we've gotten support from, from all around, you know, not just Northwest Indiana, for, from around the state. So, you know, it's, it's been a blessing that God has put us in this place. I love that. So y'all are married. You just told me that y'all met at 12 years old. Yes. And I, that is just to me it's so fascinating and I, it's fascinating to me for a couple different reasons because so I at I think maybe 13 I had my first boyfriend and we were together for like years and I, I just knew that I was going to marry this person but when I look back I'm like me at 13 and me as a grown woman now like it's two totally different people. So how how did this how did y'all stay together? How did this come about? I need the backstory. <laughs> okay. So we did not, we have not been a couple for all that time. Okay. But I will say that we went on our first little group date <laughs> together with uh, you know, our other little friends to the movies. We got dropped off by our parents or whatever in the eighth grade. But you know, um, what brought us together. I love music I, and, and I am, if not any other genre, I love, I probably love hip hop the most, mm -hmm. old school hip hop. And so during the time of the golden age of hip hop, that's kind of termed for the mid to late eighties, um, we were in middle school in 87 and girls, my friends that were, you know, from my neighborhood or my girlfriends at school, they just were not into rap. And so it was kind of looked at as a little boy thing. And Michael was in my health and safety class, Mr. Mackle, rest in peace. Um, and so in that class, we started talking to each other about rap and Aww. hip hop. And he had the little high top fade, like Big Daddy Kane, who <laughs> has been my favorite rapper since. And, you know, um, that's how our friendship started. And of course we liked each other, crushed on each other, whatever. Um, throughout high school, we remained best friends, did things like when he got his license, I was the first person he came to pick up. You know, we talked to each other about being in other relationships, same thing throughout college. We dated other people. We didn't get serious with one another until literally after law school, um, mm. probably about three years, three, yeah, three years after we graduated from law school, we were both at a point where we weren't in relationships anymore. And we're like, okay, well, Let's see what this does. And uh, 2003, yeah, 2003, we uh, said, let's give it a try. And then we're engaged in uh, 2005 and got married in 2006. Wow. I love that. Y'all, that just gives me all the feels. It's, it's giving me, what's the name of that? 
it was a movie. Um, brown sugar. Yes, thank you. I was gonna say brown <laughs> sugar, but I was like, am I off? That's what it's giving me. Brown sugar vibes. So that's exciting. I yeah. love that. So so now y'all get to this point. Y'all are both lawyers. Y'all have gone through law school, all this other stuff, and now you're getting ready to launch this business. So yeah. what are some of the hurdles that you faced as married entrepreneurs that maybe single entrepreneurs or an entrepreneur who might be married, but maybe they're not in business with one another, maybe haven't had to face? You know, one of the things that um, Michael and I try to consciously do, not necessarily saying that it's um, a hurdle or something negative, but we know the challenges come with everything. And so our faith, you know, allows us to say, okay, we know this challenge may be standing in our way, but God brings us through it. So we try not to say hurdles or difficulties or things like that. And so the biggest thing in the beginning um, is that we had, um, you know, people were thinking we were crazy for opening up a law firm in Gary, Mm -hmm. number one. Um, And then we, we, I think we kind of talked about this. If you you listen to the podcast, we talked about how we had a real estate agent that was not willing to show us office space or anything in Gary and kept saying, oh, you all need to be south and go to crown point and maryville because this is where the businesses are Mm. that was that was one of the things that you know he and i were like okay well we're strong enough in our convictions and our belief as to the purpose god has for us we have to let this person go and we ended up finding our space that we're in now on our own wow okay So y'all just knew, like, hands down, it's Gary, do or die, GI, right? Like, no, y'all don't want to go anywhere else. That was the plan. It was very intentional. It was very on purpose. That's that's what we felt, you know, God led us to do after all these years. So, yeah. Okay. So we talked about, I guess, the hurdles or the challenges or whatever you may want to call it. Um, Of course, they didn't stand in the way of you doing what you wanted to do. But what would you say has been the biggest blessing in you and Michael working together? Um, You know what? I think that learning that there are so many things out there for us as as business owners. This isn't just us practicing law anymore. So um, learning the opportunities and the resources that are out there to help us actually run a business has been one of the most rewarding things, I think, um, besides, you know, just having the business itself. Um, we've got a lot of supporters in the area, but there are a lot of resources in programs, in uh, organizations that that can help you with whether it's funding, whether it's getting certified as a minority business or woman-owned business. There are so many resources out there that I didn't even think about before we started planning this. Gotcha. So that's been a, a really good thing. Okay. So mm-hmm. I, um, I mean, you know, I'm an entrepreneur as well. However, right. I, I am single, but I do feel like I am called to entrepreneurship. I feel like it is, it's on me. I can't get it off. I've tried to shake it. I've tried, I tried to duck, dodge. I've tried to pray it away, everything. And it's just in me. I'm serious. Like I, whoo, I have, I'm like, Lord, are you serious? Is this really what you want me to be doing? You know? 
And it comes those times when you're in business, when you do begin to kind of question, when you go through some, some tests, some trials, some hurdles, some, you know, closed doors, different things like that. Um, but I also am pretty certain that the partner that I have, my life partner, is either going to have to be an entrepreneur as well or entrepreneurial minded or yeah. supportive of me as an entrepreneur. So we talked about all of your accolades, all of the boards that you're on, all of the things that you do. What does that support system look like for you outside of the office and when you get home? Oh, wow. Michael is very supportive. Michael pushes me into things that I don't even think about doing. Um, you know, as you were reading the stuff off about what I've done, like the Lake County Bar Association presidency, I never even thought about being the president of Lake County Bar. I'm like, I'm a member. I'm cool. You know, get the benefits. Okay. He was on the uh, executive board making his way up to president. He was like, why don't you put your name in? And, uh, you know, for vice president. And it's like vice president, president elect, and then president. And I was like, no, you know, I'm good. You know, hey, I don't, I don't really need to be on this. But he's always been like that. He's always very supportive. Um, he's always pushing me to explore things that I may not even think about. So very, very good support system in him. Our families have always been supportive of, of us. And even other business owners in, in the community, um, what we did also with our firm, we created a stakeholders group. And so we have seven, yes, seven members of the community that have been either mentors to us in some kind of way. They are supportive of us in everything that we've done as a business or individuals. So that's another support group. Um, also, even in you know my sorority, um, so it's it's just always somebody around us that's either pushing us or putting our names out there for something, um, asking us to you know support them or be in the community. And we are both of us were raised in families that were always helpers, that always did something for someone in the community. So that's our nature. We're givers. We help people. And so that obviously didn't go away. So when you bless people, the blessings come back to you. And so we just continue to do those things, you know, in God's name, he, he makes the path for us. And so the support comes in whichever way it comes. We, you know, sometimes some things come to us, we don't even ask for it. Mm, I like that. So, yeah. so you talk about him being supportive and all that. And and now I got to, I kind of got to, I don't want to say I'm getting your business because I'm not going to get in your business for real. Yes, <laughs> yes. But one of the things that I am fearful of is always being with the same person all the time. I, this is real bad. <laughs> so I think about y'all, right? You run this business together. Y'all have an office together. So it's not like you go one direction, he goes another. And then at the end of the day, it's like, oh, I miss you. And I see you again. Like, Y'all do a lot of stuff together. How do you keep you, like, how do you, give me, give me the tips. I need to know how this works. So really, Chanel, we are not together all the time. Because um, mm. when it comes to work, I'm working on my files. He's working on his files. We're working with the associates, the staff. There are days that I may not be in the office because I'm going to depositions or I'm in court or he's out in meetings and court and things like that. I, I thought initially, oh, we can carpool 
No, we drive separate every day because we both have to be somewhere different every, throughout the day. So it's not even to that extent, but it is one of those things that I have to emphasize turning off when we get home because Michael will talk about the law. He's so passionate. He'll talk about the law and cases and work all day and night and bring it home. And I have to say, okay, this is where we got to separate it. So, you know, um, we, you know, he's a reader. I read a little bit, but, you know, I do my thing here. So when our weekends come, you know, we plan, you know, our date nights or date days, whatever we're going to do, plan our outings. Or if I see, you know, that I know he's had a tough week and he's just relaxing on the weekend, I'm not going to bother him. We know how to separate within the house in the sense of, okay, you're in there. I'm over here watching TV or we can watch a movie that doesn't require brain power, whatever the case may be. But I think all of that comes from us being genuine friends. Um, and that's something that has lasted. I'm, I've known him, <laughs> I'm about to turn 48. So I've known him for 36 years of my life. <laughs> mm, that's good. So, you know, we ain't going nowhere. So it sounds like y'all <laughs> just have a rhythm. Y'all know, y'all know how to, you know, navigate with one another. Yeah. And I think, I think you made a good point though, with having a partner that understands kind of what you do, whether they're an entrepreneur or they understand, you know, being an entrepreneur, um, that I think that it, it's, we're, we're blessed because I'm a lawyer and I know what he does and he knows what I do so that we don't let that get in the way of our personal life and the relationships. But I can say that, you know, as you're saying, you don't want to get in my business. But here's, you know, I mean, we're talking about how this works as, as a married couple. And so when we first got married, um, we, well, even in our premarital counseling, I had to bring up the point that, okay, you can't work every Saturday because we got to make time for us. Yeah, while we're dating, this was what you did. But now you have to understand that we have to create family time. And that was something that we worked through. Um, same thing with me and, you know, whatever extra activities I had to come out of being so independent doing. So it, it takes work, but at the same time, I don't get tired of him. I don't think he gets tired of me. I'm, I'm still with him and he's still here. So, but, you know, it is work, it's effort and you got to plan your fun, do things and try to enjoy each other. So you just mentioned something that I want to lean into. You said giving up a bit of your independence or learning, I guess, how to manage that independence. What did that look like for you? Because like I said, you already, you came to the table as who you are, right? You you got Delta going on, you got law school or, well, at that time you had graduated law school, so you were starting your career. So you already had, you know, established who Shalice is. And now yeah. you're coming together with another powerful person who has established who they are. How did you manage that melding, I guess? Well, and when I say, you know, my independence, I think I'm, I was talking, I think I'm talking more in the sense of, I don't have to do everything myself. He's a helpmate. I'm his helpmate. You know, this is not, Okay, and, and this is gonna sound real corny, but um, we're both pretty traditional with our roles in marriage. So before we got on, I was talking about, hey, I came home so I can get dinner started, you know? 
But, um, you know, things as simple as, you know, hey, I don't have to bring in 18 bags of groceries in the house, try to do it all at once. Because you know my husband is here and he can help me. And if I let him know I'm in the garage, he comes right out, takes everything out the trunk and brings it in. You know, and I know that sounds real simple and corny, but it's that kind of type of stuff. Cause I was used to doing that. I lived on the third floor of my apartment before we got married. I was like, I'm making one trip, bring it all up or, you know, just those types of things. So that's what I mean. You know, those kind of not necessarily trying to have a man, woman, this is what a man does this is what a woman does, but I don't have to do everything alone. I don't have to figure it out all by myself because I've got a partner who's more intelligent in my opinion than I am. And he's got ideas too and a different perspective of how to approach things. I like it. I like it. So we're going to transition. Just, I mean, we're still talking about the same topic, but you're a lawyer. And so you counsel people in, you know, business and all of that other good stuff. So I have a lot of women entrepreneurs that watch my show. They're building, they're growing, they're doing their thing. From a legal standpoint, and just, I guess, a, I want to say, well, I guess I'll say a protective standpoint or whatever you want to call it. What do you recommend to other married entrepreneurs who are going into business as they plan ahead or think through processes that maybe they don't want to think about, right? Nobody goes into a marriage thinking that it's not going to work. Nobody, I mean, you don't go, you know, you're not going to get to the altar if you think it's not going to work, but things happen, right? And especially when you're under the pressure of now we're running this business together, we're running this household together, we got these kids together, you know, however, what are some things or some guardrails that you can put in place as a married entrepreneur to, to help you along the way and then also to look forward legally? Well, first I would say, sit down and actually do a plan. We did an actual business plan with a five-year time period on it. So that, you know, helped me learn the type of um, person Michael was when it came to business and planning, because before that, I had never worked with Michael. So that was a learning process in itself, and he had never worked with me. So writing down and communicating what we both expected out of this and what goals we both expected was very helpful so that we know, okay, this is what I'm looking for. This is what you're looking for. How do we make this work together and how do we mesh it together? Or will they even work together? Will those things work together? And if not, then how do we achieve, you know, what each other is expecting? Um, So writing down things and communicating. But um, I guess I should have probably said before that, again, being being uh, a couple that is uh, our faith is just everything. We put God first. So we, we prayed on all of this before we even sat down and did that. Um, but, you know, writing things down and communicating things because we have different styles. We have different styles as, as, as lawyers. We have different styles when it, when it comes to business. Um, I've got a, my undergraduate degree is in business management. Um, I thought that, you know, helped out a bit on the managing side of our office. But then when we came into it, Michael had been a partner at his firm where he was more 
his own firm where he was more intricately invo involved in the business decisions versus me, my partnership was more like a shareholder. So bringing those two things together and communicating, I think it's going to always boil down to communication. When you're not talking to each other about what's expected um, from whether it's your business or your home life, then you're going to clash because you're going to think somebody, nobody can read your mind. So you're going to think that they know what you're talking about or what you're expecting, but you can't do that if you don't verbalize it, if you don't communicate it. Awesome. All right. Well, that sounds like some good advice to me. It sounds like communication, just communicate, written communication, having things documented, and then just being on one page. That's what it sounds like to me. Right. When you write stuff down, though, that kind of makes you accountable, you know, and, and it makes it real to you. You see it written down. You're like, okay, now I'm working towards something. All right. So as we get ready to wrap up, I always ask five questions of my guests because I like to I like to know people and just ask random questions just to see where they go. So okay. I have five random questions for you. And my first one is, what is your favorite book? My favorite book. Oh, gosh, I don't know that I have a favorite book, but I, I tend to maneuver between fiction and nonfiction. Um, a book that I've probably read a couple of times, self-help book, um, The Power of a Pray Praying Wife. Um, always nuggets in there that you can find to help you out through things throughout your life. That's uh, Stormy, Stormy or Martian. Yep. Yeah, I read uh, Power of a Praying Woman a long time ago. I don't even know yeah. where that book is but I did read it so <laughs> I don't know you know I don't know about the wife part but I do know about the praying woman part so yeah. um my second question is what makes you laugh the most my goofy husband <laughs> <laughs> that's funny I say he's goofy because he's always trying to make me laugh I don't say that in a negative way he's always trying to make me laugh and he's always been that way since I met him in 1987 that's funny because that is him. He, I, as we were talking about him before we got on air, and just talking about all the the foolishness that he does and the hyperbole, he has these stories and a way of telling the story. And it's like, really, is that really what happened? And so and that is that is him, and and I so love that about him. That's cool. So number three is, if money was no object, what would you do all day? I would really probably volunteer at community organizations. Um, I, I've always seen people being helped, whether, you know, I grew up in a family there, we didn't have a lot of money, but we were always helping somebody. I always saw my grandparents helping somebody, whether it was, hey, these, try to give these clothes to them because, you know, they're too little for whoever, or here's a meal, or you can stay here with us. So it was always, you know, a giving spirit throughout my family. So that's what I'd probably do. I'd probably just volunteer at organizations to help out. You know, it's funny that you say that because I was reading an article not too long ago and it was just talking about black philanthropy and how mm -hmm. our philanthropy doesn't necessarily always show up in the monetary number, but we are, we are, um, we give more than other, other uh, sects of people. So where it comes down to giving to your church, where it comes down to 
uh, volunteering your time and all those other different things, even helping your family members out, you know, sending people yeah. to college, all the other different stuff. It's like, we are the most giving people. And I was like, wow, that's interesting to, to look at it from a different standpoint. Cause most times you think about people, when you think philanthropy, you think about somebody just writing a big check and then, you know, walking off, but giving of yourself and of your time, I think is more precious than that. You know what? And and I never even thought about it being termed philanthropy in that sense until you just said it. But yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. So my next question is, what's the craziest thing you've done in the name of love? Craziest thing I have done in the name of love. Huh. I don't know that I've done anything really, really crazy. Um, hmm. I wish Mike was here because he he would definitely have a story. He would definitely he, have. He probably would. <laughs> I, I I can't think of anything that I've done really crazy in the name of love. I mean, I don't know. I'm real low key, so I, I'm not. I'll, he's the romantic and well. And what's the, the craziest thing he did? In the name of love, or maybe to grab your attention, or just you know some show of you affection. Know, his proposal to me was like the most unexpected thing I ever imagined. So when he proposed to me, um, I had just finished a trial that week, and we were my neighborhood friends, my girlfriends. We were planning a surprise party for my one girlfriend, my best friend. Um, that Saturday. So I'm all like, okay, I'm in trial and we got to get this stuff taken to get, taken care of. And he was um, at my apartment. He's like, hey, we got to go to speak at this career day thing or whatever with these students on this Saturday to the Saturday school program. And I'm all like, okay, well, whatever. But before that, he rented out the movie theater where we had our first group date and took me there and showed the same movie that we saw. Oh, that that was I was like, oh, he got brownie points because, you know, I didn't do great in the trial. And, you know, he knows I've been busy. You got this party coming up for my friend. We're not going to really get to spend time together. So, oh, man, this is just the best. You know, he's getting brownie points. So I thought that was the end of it, but it was not. Um, so we're getting dressed. We go over to um, it's the Boys and Girls Club now in Gary, but it was Tolleston Middle School. Mm -hmm. And that's when we and, you know, he's got me thinking we're talking to the Saturday school program for this career day. And we get there and get into the building and walking down the hall. And I'm like, I don't hear any people, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, this is the classroom. Well, it's the classroom where we met. Oh, my goodness. I open the door and I see people and I'm like, I don't think this is the right room. And I close the door immediately. And he's like, what are you, what's wrong? What are you doing? Let's, we got to go in there. And I'm like no, I don't, this doesn't look right. And he's like, Nero, open the door and go in there. Well, when I finally realized who the people were, it was our family, it was our friends, and that's when he proposed to me. That is so thoughtful. Oh, my God. So, okay, now, now I got a sixth question, because now I want to know, <laughs> what was the, well, six and six, six A and six B. What was the movie? <laughs> what was the movie and what was the movie theater? Cause I, in my mind, I'm going to tell you where I'm picturing that y'all went and I'm, I'm picturing that y'all went to, um, 
it used to be a movie theater on Ridge and Klein in that little, um, you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about, but it wasn't that one. It wasn't you're talking that, okay. about across the street from Calumet High School because he went to Calumet. And it used to be over there. Yeah. I know exactly. Was, Next door to, uh, see, now I'm going home. Next door to like, Long John Silver's. Yes. We used yeah, to go was, there Sunday after church. We used to go to that movie theater Sundays after church. I know exactly what that is yeah. so sweet. But the theater that he he took me to, the um theater was it used to be a movie theater on 61st and Broadway in Maryville. Yes. And um that's where we did our first little group date. The movie was Poltergeist 3. Poltergeist 3. Oh, y'all went to a scary movie, Lord. Girl, wasn't nobody watching that movie in the eighth grade. Ooh. <laughs> Look, he was excited, me. like, ooh, there's little boys over there. That's funny. <laughs> that is funny. That so, is funny. Yeah. So that's that's probably the most um not crazy, but the best thing that he's he's done, I can say in the name of love. I, I can't top that at all. That is very memorable and is very thoughtful and sweet. I knew I knew he had I knew he had it in him somewhere other than yeah, something yeah, silly. He's, <laughs> he's a kid, he's a keeper, you know, so. That's good. So my last question is, so we know, I know that Mike's celebrity crush is Janet Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) I know he loves Janet Jackson. Because listen, my celebrity crush is Janet Jackson too. And I don't even like girls, but I love love Janet Jackson. thing don't work out. I'm still trying to be one of her dancers because you know, Janet's still going on tour. Listen, me too. the principle in my head. Right now. That is hilarious because she came here in 2017 and I had my outfit on, my whole Rhythm Nation, and I was in a, the usher kept trying to tell me I needed to get in the seat. And I was like, <laughs> uh-uh, I am here to audition. <laughs> this is my yes. time to shine. Yes. So, so his crush is Jenna Jackson. Who is your mm-hmm. celebrity crush? My celebrity crush is Lorenz Tate. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. He's, I, he's he's been my celebrity crush low key for a really long time. So you know, I I, I don't stalk him or anything, but you know, I'm like, man, there goes Lorenz. Yeah, so. Lorenz. He he mm, he's very well he, put together. He got <laughs> age. Like the no, like a- him yeah. and Pharrell Williams. I don't know what water they're drinking, but I swear it's like they age backwards. And every time I see Lorenz, I'm like. Man, he looks he looked the same as he did on Minister Society. Like, how is this? Yes, yes. Look, this is how far it goes back. So he was like on an episode of Family Matters when he was bullying Urkel. I liked the little bully dude. I was like, oh, he cute. That is funny. (laughs) I now I used to like Jaleel White. I used to, well, when he used to turn to Stefan. I was <laughs> I was sold. I'm like, oh, he is cute. But when me he put them little glasses, you know, suspenders on, I'm like, I don't. And oh, you know funny. what? That's terrible. Cause that's that's just how we are. We don't want the nerdy dude. We just oh, you know. Laura. Laura set a bad example for, for women in the 90s. <laughs> she did. She set she a did. bad example. We were supposed to be going after the smart dude. He was gonna be like an astronaut or something. And here we go trying yeah. to go after Stefan. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me. I 
I have wanted to talk to you for a while and wanted to get you on the show. And so I'm excited to have been able to to chit chat with you a little bit. I'm going to try to bring y'all back and bring Mike on because I want to hear his perspective. I know he, you know, I really want to talk to him about um, black owned businesses. I want to talk to both of y'all because as you were on y'all's podcast, I'm like, okay, this is a conversation we need to have. So we'll we'll get together and we'll try to schedule a time to to come back on. And tell, sure. tell the people how to find your podcast and what you're doing. Okay. So for our podcast is Married People's Business. And if you search, um, we've got a YouTube channel. You can find us on all the platforms for audio podcasts, um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of that. Um, Married People's Business. Um, our law firm is Tolbert & Tolbert. We are located at 1085 Broadway in Gary, Indiana. Our website is tobertlegal.com. Um, we have uh, Instagram is Tobert Legal, Facebook page Tobert Legal, and uh, I think on LinkedIn it's it might be Tobert and Tobert. Um, but pretty much you search one of us, Michael or Shalise Tobert, you're going to find our firm and our um, podcast is usually, we just started season two. So um, the episode you watched was the second one of the season. We try to do two a month and release them um, the second and fourth weeks of the month. So our podcast is to not necessarily just for married people, but it's for people in business that are collaborating. So you could be family members, you could be friends, uh, business associates, but just for people that collaborate um, in business. And sometimes we talk about you know, this is what's going on in the world. We talk about topics that affect, um, you know, businesses and how to help businesses. And we bring other businesses on to spotlight them as well. All right. Well, y'all heard it. Go follow Tobert Legal on all social media and go check out the Married People's Business podcast and stay in touch with them. So next week, we will be back. And next week is a very special show. So I need y'all to like gather all your friends, gather your family, whoever, co-workers, whatever. Because we're doing a joint podcast next week. I am coming on with my soror, my sister, my friend, Miss Tanae of Tanae Talks Podcast. And we are going to kick off our Women's History Month topic, talking about women in leadership. And we particularly want to talk about the challenges faced by black women who find themselves in upper C-suite or managerial or just leadership uh, positions in general. And so the topic is send the elevator down, sis, because we want to make sure that we empower one another, that we collaborate, that we connect and that we support other women that are in leadership. So join us right here next week at 6 p.m. on the Bright Girls in Business and the Tanae Talks podcast. I'll see y'all next week. Thanks for watching the Bright Girls in Business show. Be sure to like, comment, and share this video. And don't forget to subscribe and smack the bell so that you get notifications each and every time I go live with a new episode. Until next time, Watch one of the previous episodes and we'll see you next time.